Welcome to the Engage to Innovate podcast. Hi, I'm Judy Selmans. You know, our world evolves through innovation. And as business leaders, we have to step out of our comfort zone, which is never easy heading into totally new territory. But this podcast is all about helping you tackle that adventure. We talk to people who have done it before and those who have worked with innovators. So let's get started on our next journey of discovery. Why is it that sometimes we make decisions and they go from bad to worse? Then with some projects, you seem to be working so hard but not getting anywhere. This is exactly what I talked to Amrit Sandhu about in this episode. Amrit is an international speaker, podcast host and founder of The Inspired Evolution. Certified by Eckhart Tolle's School of Awakening, he is also Mind Valley's Master Certified Trainer for Australia and India. Amrit delivers keynotes, talks, seminars and workshops for the Inspired Evolution and Mind Valley in the United States, Europe, Asia and Australia. So it's a real pleasure to talk to him today. Amrit, welcome to the Engage to Innovate stage. It's an absolute delight to have you because I've got so many things I want to ask you. I'm full of energy ready to ask you. <laughs> no pressure, but it's such a blessing no. to be here. Thank you so much, Judy. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, that's an absolute pleasure. You know, because I, okay, I think most of us can relate if we've been in business that we have some dark places in our history and I certainly have gone through those in my past in business. But, and it, and I feel so blessed personally that I had that in my life a while ago and so I'm not having to go through that now. But I have so much empathy for all the businesses out there that are really struggling. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, evolving our businesses and innovation and all of those things, to me that's potentially going to add even more stress to a business person at this stage because it's like, oh, my God, you want me to do something else? Isn't it enough that I'm doing all this? So I really think that you have some of the great skills that can help business people, whether you are owning a business or you're working in as an executive role, to, to calm the mind and to think more clearly well, I'm flattered. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah, sorry, I've probably rambled on a lot, no, which you've is my that. tendency. <laughs> and then, you know, That's perfect. But So, um, yeah, I think the key um, that you're pointing to there is at its, at its crux is probably um, one's relationship with self-awareness. Is that what you're referring to there? Yeah, I guess so. And, and, and so, like, I see all these people saying to me, I need to do this and I need to do that and I've got all this to do and and they're clearly stressed. So Mm. I feel like to unpick this place that many people find themselves in at the moment is that firstly you can't do it from a place of stress. So if you were to unpick, you you know, a busy, stressed out person's perspective so that we can bring them to a place where they can create where they can be enjoying their business more and life would it start by de-stressing I mean what Mm, where do we start when someone is in such a mess and such a spin and I've I'm speaking to a lot of business people that just uh they're they're angry and they're frustrated and they're that's coming out in their tone and and all sorts of things and so 
I feel Perfect. like saying just chill out and go and watch the birds <laughs> for a while, you know, and, and, and then I feel like they're going to throw something at me if I say that. So yeah. where would you start? Great. So thanks for that. And I'm a little bit nervous um, to actually share what my response is because I can feel that it's not perhaps going to be um, what people want to hear. But let's go straight into it. And this is what you can always expect of me. I'll be completely honest and transparent with you. And it will always be super deep from the outset. So if we get real about it, for me, humbly, as a coach, as a speaker that speaks to wellness, personal development, um, all over the world now, touch wood, I am a big fan of stress. Like a big fan, not necessarily for what it does to your body in terms of the hormones and how they kick out and how you drop into your, you know, your sympathetic instead of your parasympathetic nervous system, all that, all the cortisol that rushes through your body, how your executive functioning then deteriorates. Not great, right? I get that. And that's why stress is demonized. But fundamentally, as a coach, stress is my greatest ally. Like if I could do the work in your life that stress does for you organically, my job would be, I'd be amazing at my job, right? And so what I mean by that is fundamentally that stress is calling you into alignment again and again and again and again. So whenever you're stressed, it's an indicator from your nervous system, your body, your work that, hey, you're doing too much or this is not in alignment because I look at my own situation with the Inspired Evolution and to be honest, a lot happens in a day. A lot happens day to day. A lot happens in a week. And when I look back, I often get reflection from people in my team. It's like, wow, there's a lot going on here. And admittedly, yes, but I don't necessarily find myself stressed because it's not necessarily toxic for me. <clears throat> I find for me, it's, um, it's incredibly aligned what I'm showing up for and what I'm working on. And so I don't really feel the like stress of, okay, I'm out of alignment. And so because I'm in alignment, my relationship with stress is completely different. But when I wasn't in that space and I was, say, working for someone else or working on a project that didn't matter to me as much and I had performance that I had to achieve or KPIs to hit, from there, yeah, the stress was real because it was like no part of me really wants to do this. Like it's almost what we often hear this term, soul crushing. And then from there I have to still do it and then it's we're kind of in this grind and that grind is stress, right? That friction that mm. you feel is stressful, absolutely, and it should be, right? It's your life communicating to you that, hey, like this is not pertinent. This is not what you're here for. Now, in terms of recalibrating all of that, that takes work, absolutely. But let's just be clear that stress is not to be demonized. I think stress is a really powerful ally trying to course correct you into where you're meant to be moving towards rather than continuously perpetuating that. Now, one of the challenges, just to take that a little bit further, is often the the temperaments that we have with stress is like, that's all right, I'm stressed, another coffee, let down the hatchet, here we go, keep punching, keep going, right? When really the invitation is, whoa, I'm stressed, okay, I need a rest, I need to stop, I need to recalibrate, check the compass, and we're going in the right direction, and from there realign to your purpose, and then from there go, okay, this is why I'm doing this, And these things don't serve me. These things I don't need to do. But we often don't hop out of the car to check that we're going along the the road the right way. We're just on the road and we're just battering down the path. Mm. You mentioned uh, the word alignment there. And what does that mean to you? Alignment is a big word. Um, Mm. 
Yeah. So in terms of what does it mean to me? Um, I think alignment is a symptom um, of, yeah, when you're aligned, there is some, it is a symptom. There are certain symptoms of knowing that you're in alignment. Often there's a big buzz now around flow. Um, But I fundamentally believe that we feel flow when we're aligned. Otherwise, it's impossible to feel flow is my humble perspective. Now, I know this is a business podcast, but if we're going to go there, let's go all the way there, right? So fundamentally, as a philosophical tenant, each person is here as an emanation of the universe, right? We are the universe looking in on ourselves. And that is a bit of a trip, right? Why are we here? A question worth asking. We don't always ask that, perhaps because we don't want to know the answer or perhaps we're living out of alignment with the answer that we know is there for us, right? And so why are we here going into that? I fundamentally believe that when we drop into these flow states, there are certain things, certain passions, like you can't fake your passions. You can't fake what you find funny. You can't fake your laugh. There are certain things that are core to your essence, fundamental tenets to your being that you can't fake, right? And they're truly you. And you were put here, I believe, to fulfill that mission, to be that person, to be that way, right? And so just to bring that into context, for Amrit, it's conscious conversation, right? So having a conversation like this is fundamentally like what I'm meant to. Um, i here and I'm meant to be doing, right? So right. touch wood, we can have as many conversations like this as we want. You can ask me any sort of questions you want. I can have this conversation with an audience from a stage. I can have it one-on-one with CEOs and founders as a coaching session. I can have it as in many different platforms, as in podcasts, wherever it is. The fundamental thing is I'm having a conscious conversation. Now, was it a smooth journey to figure this out? No, I've had plenty of my own stresses in life trying to course correct me to getting here. But when I'm here in the moment, like right now, we've been talking, I don't know, seven minutes, 60 minutes, could be either or. We're super deep in a conversation and flow is present and it's available, right? Everybody has where they tap into flow. And that flow state is only available when you're aligned. And coming back to the philosophical tenet of we are the universe looking in on yourself, if you're here, put here for a reason, when you look in on yourself, that lens that you're afforded of looking in on the universe through the tasks that you're doing, stay with me, I know I'm super deep here. (laughs) (laughs) You're aligned to your soul's purpose. Yeah. Right. And so there's a lack of stress in that space, right? Because you're here doing what you're meant to be doing. You're here doing what you're meant to be doing. And so everything is on the way, not in the way. Right. And so alignment is really powerful because oftentimes, even in the personal development space, in the performance space, there's this massive tussle between alignment and hustle. It's like, do I like, you know, do I just align and just allow things to come to me? Or do I hustle, right? And I sat with that for a moment and not too long. And what came to me was actually they're both incredibly valuable, right? But there's an order in which I believe we should do it, right? I believe we should align first and then hustle, right? Because if you're hustling without alignment, then you're hustling down the wrong path and you're compounding into stress because you're just going to be building something that doesn't serve you and you're making that monster bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? But if we can get aligned, then you've had the blessing and so many of us are not aligned that once you've had the blessing of getting aligned, then dude, time to hustle because you've got a blessing and an opportunity to really serve in the way that you want to serve, show up in the business that you really want to show up in, make the contribution to society, to economy the way you want to, 
Now it's time to double down and hustle and give it everything. And the interesting thing is when you're doing what you love, the stress is is, yeah. is a different quality of stress. So I'm going to get back to this alignment thing because it's is, – is alignment – because so many people, I still don't think maybe I'm just a little bit not so aligned that I'm not quite working it out or something, but – how do you, if you don't like your job, if you don't like what you're doing, if you are finding it a negative stress and it's going downhill, it's just, it seems to be evolving in circles. How do you get to that state of alignment? Is it, is it as simple as do we meditate? Is that what it is? Is that where you think or is it even simpler than that? So meditation is a key tool for self-awareness. Um, it can really help you notice your thoughts and the trajectory of your thoughts. So what meditation will one of the things it'll help you with amongst the many, several, perhaps mm. infinite, um, one of the many things it will potentially help you with is being aware of the ten like the the tendency of your thoughts, right? So what the meditation will help you is that you observe the current of thoughts that are coming through you. And if all the current of thoughts that are coming through or a majority of them or a large proportion of them are of dissatisfaction with one's job, then you're holding space for greater self-awareness, which is where we started, right? And in yeah. that self-awareness, you realize that, hey, like this is really not serving me, right? And we yeah. can talk about a whole bunch of things that can pull you into alignment. I'm just going to give you the one that is has the most impact and is going to be the hardest, most bitter pill to swallow though, right? Yeah. And for me, it's courage, yeah. Okay. And I'll just share with you what that looks like for me. So when I first realized that, um, yeah, that my, perhaps some of the corporate career that I was in wasn't serving me, mm. I was in my corporate job. I was at lunch and I was eating an acai bowl and I'm legitimately just eating, eating, eating. And I've had this moment of insight, right, to check my, to check my phone and I've just Googled the word courage. And it was profound because up until that point, my whole life, I thought courage was fearlessness. I thought they were the same thing. Perhaps I watched too many Braveheart movies growing up. I don't know. <laughs> um, but in that moment, I realized, oh, courage is not not having fear. Courage is totally having fear, but moving towards it anyway, moving to in light in spite of that fear towards what scares you. That's actually courage. Now, there's a subtle difference there between fearlessness and then courage because courage, you actually need fear to be courageous, right? Yeah. And I had this visceral realization in that moment, which was, oh, my greatest fear is life outside of the nine to five paycheck and what potentially lies outside of there. Because up yeah. until that point, this was the best opportunity my life had afforded me. And everyone kept reminding me of that. It's like, hey, this is what an awesome opportunity. You're on such a good wicket. Keep going in this innings. Like, you know, yeah. go for another six. And it's like, okay, but like I'm out here, but I'm not feeling like I'm not enjoying it. Like, you know, my hands are in my gloves, my feet are, my shoes are like bleeding in my, in my socks and I'm just not feeling it. But everyone's like, hit another six. And it's like, oh, shit, okay. And in that moment, I realized that my biggest fear is what happens if I put the bat down? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Like um, this, like this. Maybe cricket's not for me, right? Maybe I'm meant to be the guy taking photos of the game. Maybe I'm the photographer. Maybe you know, I don't know. Anything's possible. But as soon as I tuned into that, I realized that I need like courage. Was like okay, outside of this uh, white 
picket fence trajectory that I was going to, you know, the get the good grades, get the good job, you know, get good, like get awarded, get the promotion, make your way to the white picket fence, make sure you've got a beautiful home, beautiful family, and then retire and then finally enjoy your life once you retire. (laughs) Right. And that was, that was my, my, my biggest fear was like getting off that path and seeing what was Mm. out there because I'll probably uh, flounder or fail. But one thing I was also acutely aware of, and this is why, you know, my, my offering is called the inspired evolution is that the people that inspired me, my inspirations, they weren't actually corporate nine to five people, right? They were entrepreneurs, they were speakers and they were having an impact on other people's life. Now I'm not saying that these are the inspirations for you, but just notice who inspires you. Is it an artist? Is it an athlete, right? What is there for you that inspires you? And just noticing that it takes courage to be that person, right? It's not going to happen yeah. overnight, but no one, like we're all waiting for someone to activate permission for us. No one's going to give you permission, right? To yeah. be that person. We have to self-activate. We have to give ourselves our own little permission slip to go to the bathroom. We have to give ourselves our own permission slip to go and be the person that we want to be, right? And it starts by cultivating it as a hobby. By no means am I saying, hey, if your job doesn't serve you, quit tomorrow. That yeah. wasn't my truth, right? For me, it was like I knew this for 12 months before I swung, right? But mm. what I started doing was like, okay, what am I going to do that really inspires me? And my intention for that year was just do more of what I love. That was uh-huh. purely it, What do more of what I love. And it sounds really woo-woo, but that legitimately helped. And when I started doing that, I started inviting people over to my house every fortnight for a gathering where we just, you know, it wasn't alcohol-induced, uh, which was novel yep. for me at the time. Yes. <laughs> Most of my Friday evenings were alcohol-induced before that. And people would come over and we just uh, have conversations similar to what you and I are having now. Right. And I just go on these topics of conversation and I just enjoyed it. I legitimately just enjoyed it. And I'll be doing that every fortnight. From there, people were like, dude, you should start a podcast. I started a podcast. From the podcast, people were like, dude, I'd like to get some coaching. And so, all right, cool, let's coach. From there, people were like, oh, come speak on this stage. And then I became a speaker. And it was right. always very organic, right? But I just yeah. started from me doing more of what I love. And that was the alignment. That was the piece of alignment. Okay. That all makes sense to me. And, and yeah, no, that, that makes total sense because it, it, it does make a difference if you – if you feel, yeah, if, if you just, it just, it is natural. It, it's, it's something that you're not fighting anymore. You know, when you, when you're doing something that you don't really like, that you think you have to do, you are fighting it internally. Is that, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. In a really big way, that resistance and, you know, we can run from that resistance as long as we want. And I've been finding this, like some of my coaching clients, you know, great CEOs of some incredible companies and they're, they're in their sixties now you know, and they're just having this realization that they've been avoiding having this conversation that you and I are having for a long time, almost mm. 30, 35 years. Right. Mm-hmm. But they, they didn't know that, you know, that, that conversation around courage of just like, what happens if I step outside of, you know, the cultural norm of what is expected of me, but the pressure builds, the pressure builds, mm. continues to build. And at some point, whether you like it or not, your soul is going to win. It's bigger than your body. It's bigger than your mind. You know, the reason you're here, I fundamentally believe your purpose for being um, cannot be neglected, right? You can try and that's, you know, going to create disease, ailments. And, you know, some people go before their time, unfortunately. But the healthiest, most vibrant version of yourself is the version that is aligned. Yes, yes. Um, it's uh, there's so many. I guess I'm trying to. I want to bring this back to those who are. You know, it comes back to my really first question. If 
if I'm in business today and I'm feeling an unaligned, is that the word? An unaligned stress. Mm. So, but you know, fundamentally I'm, I'm, it's, I think one of the big things I'm hearing from small business people is that they're, this is out of control for them. They did mm. not have any control over what is currently going on with COVID-19. So, you know, they woke up one morning, they're fine, but the world's changed. Mm. So how, is there a way that within the confines of what we find our life today, is there a way that we can become more aligned with that? Yes. Accepting of it? So I think in terms of looking for that alignment, I can hear what you're asking, but I think what you're asking for is fundamentally key takeaways that can support people where they're at right now without having to create a massive alignment shift. Yeah. Gotcha. That's that's fair. Yeah. And so in there, <clears throat> I think there are some key tools. and. I know as you're tuning in, you're probably going to want something that's, you know, really glamorous and really sexy and it's got all the bells and whistles. <laughs> Everyone and, usually wants the quick fix too. <laughs> right. Now on that, I'm going to give you something that's really simple, but my challenge with that is because I'm giving it to you straight off the cuff and you're not paying for it and it's free in a podcast, you're legitimately just going to be like, oh, that's yeah, whatever. Right. And I know that and I understand that about behavioral psychology. But at the same time, I'm going to give you the truth. And I'm hoping that prefacing this is going to help you in some ways get out of your own way and reduce the bias. And it's legitimately taking five deep breaths. Mm. Yeah. And if you wanna if you wanna do the bonus points for mindfulness, count your breath as you're taking it. So I'll just go on the journey with you right now because it's really this simple. Breathing in. One. Breathing out. Two. Breathing in. Three. Breathing out. Four. Breathing in. Five. Breathing out. Four. Breathing in. Three. Breathing out. Two, breathing in. One, breathing out. Two, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And you can continue that as long as you mm -hmm. want. Now, science behind what's happened there, you've dropped out of your sympathetic nervous system into your parasympathetic nervous system, right? You've flicked a gear. Even right now, um, I yeah. bet for Judy and myself and for those tuning in, the quality of the conversation has subtly shifted yeah. and changed. Yeah. We're both more relaxed as we're showing yes. up, right? And it's it's that simple. Now, it it's free. It's your breath. Now, it's yeah. incredibly powerful. I struggled with depression for six years and mm. it was mindfulness that made me whole. I got prescribed medication, took my first pill of antidepressants and I was buzzing and I realized I can't, I don't want to spend my life going up and down like a yo-yo on medication. Yeah. And yeah. the saving grace was that mindfulness was also prescribed to me at the same time, even though I scoffed at it. So I totally get the attitude that people have towards mindfulness. Um, but by some grace, I was backed into a corner where it was pretty much like, okay, and I had to use yeah. the mindfulness and it worked. Mm. And dropping back into your sympathetic nervous system, your parasympathetic nervous system, from here you're in a much more resourced state. 
right? Mm-hmm. So coming back to state is everything. Tony Robbins will say this to you as well. State is your greatest resource, right? And it is your most resource state when you're centered, calm, grounded. And it just takes five deep breaths, counting those breaths mm-hmm. to come back into the mindful present moment. When you're back in the present moment, you're not leveraged out into the future. You're not regretting the past. And you can actually, from a somewhat clearer place, make a decision. So I think that's the lowest hanging fruit and the easiest place to access. Yeah. And and I think you, we started this by saying, you know, people want a quick fix or they want something, you know, fantastic and and but that is the quickest fix you'll ever get mm-hmm. so and and it and it actually works i uh have had my own experiences where i've i've physically had you know illnesses and whatever else and i can literally now fix myself with the breath so i totally understand that and yeah that's very good thank you now i can go to sleep now i feel like i can just totally chill and <laughs> <laughs> like it, and because I think what happens when you breathe properly is, or just focus on the breath, it's a, it's a form of meditation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, so it is a form of meditation, which I think you've put that perfectly. So mindfulness is just one type of meditation. Um, we can go super deep in this conversation of meditation. So mindfulness is, but it'll keep it nice and short. So basically, mindfulness is about being in the present moment. It's a type of meditation that anchors you into the present moment. But meditation goes a lot deeper than that. And meditation actually helps you clear stored thoughts, stored trauma, stored things that you're holding from the past, right? Uh And that's really beneficial because then once you start meditating, you can show up clearer. I I liken it to defragging the hard drive on your PC, basically. So. Uh When, you, when you're meditating, you're defragging the hard drive. So all the temporary files and everything that you opened up and saved in another place and moved across and you don't need those links anymore because basically when you mm-hmm. press Control z on your computer, things will come back, right? How do they come back? Because your computer's holding it in its memory. But yeah. you don't always need to be holding stuff in your memory. So you can defrag and let all those connections go and your hard drive settles, right? That's what meditation is helping you with. What okay. mindfulness is doing for you is you're pressing alt control del and you're opening up task manager and you're just looking at everything. You're not asking to turn anything off. You're just looking at everything that's open. Now you do have the opportunity when you're breathing to go, wow, I've got too many tabs open. After that, you can decide to shut some of your tabs down after you have a mindful moment. But that's what you're doing with mindfulness. You're opening up task manager and going, wow, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. going on. My CPU uses Great it. analogy. So, yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome analogy. I love that. Because then once you've done that, you can, well, yeah, you're, just, you're right. You're just decluttering and you're just going, right, well, what are all the shit that's in front of me? Which is the biggest thing I need to deal with and what is, and then all of a sudden you're right, you go into the flow of it and it just seems to become easier and you just get rid of stuff that you go, that's not urgent or whatever it is that that has come out through that Um Hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the statements on your website, and I, I'd really love to hear what is you mean by it, is you teach people how to think, not what to think. How do you shift, if, if there's an easy way to explain it to me, hmm. how, how do you think? So fundamentally, yeah, so fundamentally it's we come back to intention-based thinking, right? And you come back to the intention of why you're doing something, right? So coming yeah. all the way back to why, 
right? And I think that's really important. So, and I think that dovetails into where I wanted to almost go with this conversation when you would, where we just left off was, you know, this, like being mindful in the moment also bleeds as if it's like a, if you cultivate that, it bleeds into the rest of your day as a temperament, as a being, right? As a way mm -hmm. of being. So if you bring that awareness into the moment and go, okay, what's going on? What am I doing right now? And perhaps even visiting the Eisenhower Matrix, would your audience be uh, exposed to the Eisenhower Matrix? Maybe not. You better explain it to us. Okay. So the Eisenhower okay. Matrix, I highly recommend you look it up on the internet. Um, just Google Eisenhower Decision Matrix. Um, basically, it's got two axes. Um, describing it to you is not going to do it great justice. Uh, but it's basically along one, one axis, you've got what's urgent and what's and on the, along, the, along the other axis is what's important. And so what's urgent and important? you got to do it, mate. Like that's on you, right? Yep. But what's important and not urgent, you get to decide. So schedule a time to do it, right? Mm. Now what's urgent but not important, that's someone else's task. You've got to learn to delegate that, right? And yep. what's not important and not urgent, why are you even doing that, right? That's some of the browser tabs you got to close down, yeah? Yeah. And so checking your Facebook feed, potentially not urgent and not important, but you've got that open, right? So let's delete that. But that cultivated self-awareness gives you the opportunity to go there. Now, behind the Eisenhower decision matrix that, you know, helps you allocate how you're going to do your tasks, it's why am I even doing this task, right? So yeah. what is this task really dry, like objective being objective based, but not just, okay, this is the objective I'm going to hit at the core of it. Why are you doing that? Yeah. And that's potential that's that gives us the space to potentially unlock deeper levels of alignment. And that's how we're learning to think, right? Differently. Instead of just this is my next task, this is my next task, this is what I gotta do, this is what I gotta do, this is what I gotta do. It's like, why are you doing what you're doing? Right. And then fundamentally, why like why are you doing it? Should you be doing it? Should you be scheduling it for later? Should you be delegating it? Or should it even be your task? Should it be eliminated? Yeah, so I think so many people think that they have to do everything, particularly in small business, mm. uh, and and it's easy to fall into that trap of, oh, no one does it as good as me anyway. I'll just, God damn, I'll, I'll just do it myself. Mm. That's a really easy trap to fall into. So how do you get out? I mean, is there a way of getting out of it? We've just got to realize that, that there are, is help yeah, out there. So let me, yeah. let me relate, let me relate to you for a moment. I'm, I'm a small business too, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So as a, as a sole trader, um, yeah, I'm a small business too. And so mm. in there, like there's some real key things like, first of all, Tim Ferriss, four hour work week, amazing read, really helpful yep. um, in many ways, but also overwhelming in other ways. Um, yeah. <laughs> we read the four hour work week and then become entrepreneurs and then work every waking minute of every day. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, go figure. But, um, but in that the 80, 20 rule that he introduces you to can be applied yeah. in so many different ways. So, you know, when I first started delegating, I sort of had to learn to realize that if it's 80% as good as I would do it, then great. You know, that's, mm -hmm. I, that's that's off my that's off my shoulders now now yes 100 percent would be amazing but then that gives me freedom to do the things that actually matter right yeah. um and oftentimes if i can relate to you guys it's not actually about the challenge of delegating for quality right it's delegating at an expense 
right? I think yeah. that's usually the challenge we interface because normally we even identify that if I delegated this task, there might even be someone that's better than me at doing it and quicker than me at doing it, yeah. but it comes at an expense. Now, how do I justify that expense? And yeah. that's a real challenge. That's a real challenge, guys. And I totally resonate wow. with it. And I respect you for sitting in this space. Now, I do know time and time again, having coached people, that we spend a lot of time, and this comes back to that courage, spending a lot of time in doing it all ourselves, right? And when I'm yeah. pointing one finger at you, there's three pointing right back at me. So I'm totally in you, in this with you. But there's a quantum leap that you've made every time that you've delegated to someone, right? And you've done it before, yeah. right? You've surrendered. Yeah some part of your control to someone else and like any good muscle the more you build it the stronger it gets yeah mm. and so learning to okay I can I can delegate this and sometimes it requires a financial investment that may not necessarily be returned tomorrow but you can see that three months later just having freer bandwidth to have someone do yeah. this task so that I can perform the functions that actually bring in the money to my small business or make the important decisions so I have more bandwidth, you've got to learn to put a price tag on your bandwidth to some degree, right? Yeah. When it comes to that conversation. So yeah, learning to delegate from that space and seeing, okay, if it's only 80% as good as what I would do, that's actually pretty, pretty darn good because my standards yep. are infinitely high because I'm the closest yes. one to this project. Correct. Um, and then from there, learning that actually, like, I, I need bandwidth to be able to execute all the other things that I want to do. Mm. And right now, there's an opportunity cost. Now that I'm fixated on this one task, I'm not doing the other tasks that are actually going to be working on my business rather than working in my business. Who else can come in and support this with me? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that, that I, well, I believe in, so I probably, you could, counter you could argue with me on this it'd be totally fine um is that if you are more aligned if you are clearer in your purpose that your imagination can expand as well so that you you've got a you're on a different plane does that make sense absolutely and i totally agree with you um well that's a good change right? there's, a, <laughs> there's a temptation here to go back down the rabbit warren hole um where we started and i, I might just do it quickly yeah. But fundamentally, uh, going back to the concept of you are the universe looking in on yourself, right? So the universe is creative by nature. Like you were a creation of the universe. So it's like one of the fundamental uh, threads of the fabric of our universe and the way we are is creativity, right? And you think mm -hmm. about just how society runs. There's this masculine feminine energy. Our buildings are, you know, they go straight up. They're somewhat phallic. Like this masculine feminine conversation is present everywhere. Even now, like more than ever, we're trying to bring mm. a balance to the male and female energies in the workplace, right? Now, creativity is such a core essence of nature. We all got here because of creativity, right? Our parents created us, right? They went through mm. this creation process. And that is the image of God in us to some degree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, creativity, when you're tapped into that flow state, when you're aligned, of course, you're tapping into the fundamental essence of the way you are, who you are, the way you were put here to be. So naturally, you're more creative, right? Yeah. And we yeah. see that time and time and time again. Now, if you asked me to like show up in any place, I'm going to be the talker. Yes, I listen a lot as well, but then I also end up talking a lot as well, right? So those are that essence of communication is kind of the key thing that I do. 
right? Now, it took me mm-hmm. a long time to figure that out. Was I always doing this? No. At certain points, I was, you know, doing other things, like I was project managing certain projects. Now, the communication side of it was really good for me, right? But certain, mm-hmm. org- like certain parts of pushing people and driving deadlines, that didn't work for me, right? I was yeah, really good at communicating yeah. my requirements of them, but when it came to putting them in a box, I'm a supportive individual. I'm not someone that actually is designed to be like, hey, get the fuck in my box. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm just not that person, right? Yeah. But I tried and I was good because I built good relationships with people. But then when it came to pushing for deadlines, I leveraged the fact that we had a good relationship and they didn't want to tether that relationship in the conversation. So I did find my own way right? But at the same time, finding a task, finding projects that align with you from the outset, like being a conscious communicator on podcasts, on coaching, and as a speaker, that's Mm. much more aligned. I have no stresses now that I have to Mm. meet deadlines for anything, Mm. right? It's just like I get to create the conversation, go the way that I want to go. I'm doing it with you right here, right now, right? I'm completely free. And that works really well for me. For some people, they are the people that actually prefer organization and tucking everything into a tight, neat uh, little box. Yeah. Right? And that's what they're meant to be doing. They're meant to be doing that role that I was doing, right? Well, we can't all be sitting here running podcasts, even though quite a few of us are. But, <laughs> but the blessing is then, and that comes back to the delegation conversation as well, right? Like actually yeah. there is someone out there always to do the the piece of thing that, you know, we don't want to do and we yeah. want to do something that someone else really doesn't want to do. And that's how society is geared the way that it is. You know, that's how exchange occurs. So mm. I think creativity is fundamental. And if you can tap into your creativity, so the key to finding alignment, right, is finding your passions. And when yeah. you keep doing your passions, eventually someone will get value from you doing your passion and they'll be like, oh, I'll pay you for that. And it's like, oh, you're on your purpose. It's legitimately that simple, Mm. right? So, but how do you start with your passions? It's like, get creative. Like, what are the things you want to do? And sometimes aligning yourself to your passion, I think it's always there. Like when you come to my house, you'll see heaps of books on personal development, on organization management, on behavioral therapy, stuff like that, right? And you also see instruments. Like I'm a big fan of music. Like it really calms, helps. You see a meditation cushion all these things, my space was creatively put together by me. You can't fake your creativity. Take a look around. If your house is bare, take a look at your phone. What was the last thing you keep searching? Like, yeah, obviously some of it's work stuff, but in the spare time, right? Like, are you looking at cooking show stuff? Are you looking at where is your creativity naturally taking you? It's always emanating from you. Yes, some of us are more tuned to it than others, but is it your greatest ally? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and when when you do tap into it, it's really you get on a roll. I don't know. It's it's you know, if it, I I was one of those people that that grew up in an environment that well, actually, I had a bit of a strange upbringing, which we do not have time. That would be an all day session to talk mm-hmm. about. But nevertheless, I started off in a very. I've had a blend of life, so I've been in a very strict, controlled you will sit there with pigtails and you will not speak until you're spoken to type environment. And then I went into actually a relative's home where it was completely free. They were hippies and I was just taken in for a little while. And, and so I've, I've literally always stepped on both sides Mm. and it's quite fascinating to me because now I can sense, I love the creative thing when I get inspired with people. And I think this is what, for those who don't, 
who don't ever feel like this, I almost feel sorry for them because it's such an exciting adventure role to go on when you get excited and, and passionate about something. But it really does come back to having an alignment and passion with what you do, I think, the purpose of it. Totally. And, yeah, what you're referring to in all that goody, yummy juju that comes in that space is that's all the flow stuff. Like mm. You drop into flow when you're in your creative in your creative process, I call it creative flow. You're in your you're in your pocket, right? So, yeah. and this is why flow states are becoming such a big deal now because more and more people are trying to harness or leverage flow states. But it's really basic sort of stuff, right? Like when you do what you love, you get creative about how to do that, and you enjoy mm. it, and you tap into this kind of frequency that is fun to be a part of. It's it feels it's viscerally feels good because it's natural, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, coming, you know, bringing it back again to the current situation for many businesses, it's if they can firstly do some breathing, because clearly that works and worked, it always does for me. And, and then if you can find what you love about what you're doing, and then you can get creative about it to solve the issues. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah totally. And doubling down on what you enjoy at this time. Um, mm. and if it's revealing to you that there's certain things that you really don't enjoy, that's one of the blessings of this time. Going back to yeah. what I said about stress, like right now, everyone's going inwards, like as a society, we've all gone into our homes, but mm -hmm. yeah, like we're also all turning in, like we're all in our homes. We're spending a lot more time in introspection. And if the tasks that you're doing don't bring you joy, perhaps this is one of the blessings of this time, right? One of the metaphors that some people have used for this time is that of a caterpillar, right? So yeah. the worm is kind of cocooned in right now and the butterfly will emerge on the other side of this, right? But our yeah. responsibility is to see what serves us, what doesn't, and shed that skin of what doesn't serve us. And I know it's a pretty pretty woo-woo metaphor, a pretty hippie metaphor, but it's a metaphor that really works, right? So mm. in there, it's a matter of going, right, what doesn't serve me? And taking a good look at that. And it's like, okay, I actually created, you know, a small business. And yeah, it does really help with this, 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 this. But it doesn't align with this, 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 this. Is there an opportunity for mm. me to pivot in this time? And especially now, everyone's pivoting. So people expect you to pivot. So yes. if you want to pivot, now's a great time to switch up the Absolutely. narrative of what you do, right? Exactly. There's never yeah. been a better time. And if the stress is that, hey, I love what I do, but I don't really necessarily find, you know, income from it right now, it's a matter of going, okay, what is it that I just love doing and finding organic ways of doing that? Because the government is legitimately handing you money at the moment. Mm. So you are on a, on a lease to basically go find what it is within what you're doing to, to double down on that and love it a little bit more and nourish it and give it even more time and space to breathe. Just to give you like a tangible experience of what that looks like. So right now, big part of what I do is run seminars all over the country mm -hmm. and also in India um, and soon to be in New Zealand as well. Right. So ah, from good. there and then, so we run seminars, but right now we can't. Yeah. Because yep. of the COVID situation, I can't fly yeah. anywhere. I can't travel anywhere. So in that, it gave me an opportunity to go, okay, what is it that I really enjoy doing that I can double down on in this moment? And it's like, well, I really enjoy coaching and I've always had mm -hmm. a waiting list touch wood now I can finally like lift the floodgates on the waiting list mm. and allow that to come through and just work with a whole bunch of people. Now, mm. normally I work week to week with people, but because of the current situation, it's, I don't want to afford, like, I don't want to go into the mental bandwidth of coaching 15 people at any given time. Normally mm. I take on five at a time, right? 
And I said, okay, how are we going to do this? So, all right, let's do it once a month for 12 months instead of doing it once a week for three months. Mm. Right? So it gave me an opportunity to look at things, revisit what's on the table and go, okay, how can I continue to do what I love and dial Mm. it in? And the once a month works really well. I learned something really positive. You know, now I've got two offerings going back from the COVID situation. You know, it's it works really well for people. Hey, do you want to go hard and fast or do you want to draw it out and have someone there to support you through a longer period of time? There's so much opportunity in this time to look at what it is uh, that you love to do. I totally, totally agree. And, and so if, you know, if people can get over the initial stress or whatever, you know, and they have to, they have to deal with that, but there are so many opportunities and, and, and exciting things. I love what's going on in, in well, in some parts of the world. <laughs> Touch wood, some, yeah. Some are pretty, Touch wood, some are pretty yeah. crappy. We live in a wonderful part of the world, of course. You know, Australia and New Zealand are, um, are faring pretty damned well, which is very cool. But uh, And, yes, there are parts of the world that are pretty damn shitty. But even within your own world, you can still create uh, a, that, a difference and make your world better. You don't have to keep looking out at the rest of the world. Let them do whatever they're doing. Mm. Yeah, too easy. Thank you so much for your time. Such a blessing to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. 